Hi there, I'm Jim. And I'm Amy. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Integrated Professional Development here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G. It was about five years ago that my uh, former colleague and I, Dr. Claire LaMonica, did an episode of our Pokey Little Podcast talking about the importance of giving students midterm feedback. Well, that importance has only grown over the years, and Illinois State University has made some changes in the way it is collecting feedback this time of year. And here to join me to talk about it is Amy Rosser, who is the Retention and Data Coordinator in University College. Amy, welcome to our Pokey Little Podcast. Well, thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. Great to have you. And um, we talk once in a great while on campus, but um, I was a part of some communication this fall. And of course, things were kind of rolled out differently this fall for those of us who teach as far as how we report midterm grades. So I want to I want to talk about that. They're no longer called midterm grades and, and, the, and the rationale behind that, because I think that's interesting. But first, you're part of University College, and I think it might be helpful for even people here on our campus to remind us, what exactly is University College? Sure. So University College is a, is a national model of organizing in higher education, uh, lots of academic supports for students. At Illinois State, that consists of starting with our preview, our freshman orientation program, mm -hmm. um, as well as our transfer day orientation programming, um, and includes all of our first year student advisement, as well as undeclared student academic advisement. Uh, it includes uh, all of our tutoring and academic supports that we provide, uh, as well as first-year experience classes. Um, it also includes things like um, probation, reinstatement, and dismissal, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, one of my areas, uh, and any additional targeted supports that we may provide for students um, to help them be retained, and be successful here at the university. So that concept of targeted support really does speak to the, the topic that we're here to talk about today, which is this idea that um, if we don't know how students are doing, we can't get them the help that they need. Right, right. Starting this past fall and really this spring, I know there's a, there's a renewed emphasis or there's an even greater emphasis on this new way of collecting that information about students um, and getting the feedback through a reporting through University College. What does that look like now? What what has changed and why has it changed? Well, it, it changed uh, for lots of um, perfect storm reasons. Uh -huh. um, but the one that we're probably all the most familiar with is the um, – the move from ReggieNet to Canvas. Sure. Um, and one of the benefits of uh, our system previously was that we had a direct upload option uh, for faculty to upload their grades mm -hmm. uh, from their ReggieNet site. Um, so with the transition to Canvas, we wanted to ensure for our faculty that that access and that ease of reporting continued. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very, very important to us because we recognized um, we're all very busy and, and have a lot to do. And so the easier that we can make that for faculty, the better. Um, another perfect storm reason was some federal financial aid requirements, actually, mm -hmm. um, where uh, the federal government certainly has some uh, requirements, um, very detailed and very cumbersome to, to all of us about their expectations for students who are receiving financial aid uh, in, in the classroom. Mm -hmm. 
And one of those requirements in my my layman's understanding, I'm not a financial aid yeah, employee. Yeah, n- n- neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my layman's un- understanding of this is that um, to continue receiving financial aid, a student needs to be attending class. Um, and while Illinois State doesn't have a formal um, not uh, attendance policy mm-hmm. per se, um, we needed some mechanisms to collect that information for students who weren't doing well in class. Classes for um, for our federal government and compliance mm-hmm. with with distributing financial aid. Um, so so to that end, we had to make some modifications uh, to our grade collection process in relation to coming into compliance with with mm-hmm. um, those rules and regulations. It used to be that these grades would only be collected, you know, we would call them midterm grades, and they would only be collected for certain students. Can you talk a little bit about how that's expanded? Absolutely. Um, so our our previous collection process um, was defined by Senate policy to be population specific. Mm-hmm. So we only collected grades for targeted populations of students. Um, the With the changes in the federal financial aid compliance, mm-hmm. um, and just the overall need to uh, to measure student performance and success for um, retention and graduation, um, the decision was made to collect these grades for all students to mm-hmm. help overall mm-hmm. um, our our success measures as an institution. Sure, sure. And I think one fringe benefit of that perfect storm that we talked about, and, and we'll start talking a little bit more about the, the, uh, the whys here in a moment in a little more detail, but one of, the, one of the fringe benefits I found as an instructor last fall was that I'm now using the same computer interface as I use to sub- to submit the early alert grades and then also the the second round is are called progress, progress report, report. grade mm-hmm. as we use to submit grades for uh, the final grades. Yeah, that's right, Jim. So we did have um, separate systems for our early alert and progress report grade system uh, and our final grade collection. And another way of making that easier for faculty with this um, with these opportunities was to to provide a uniform collection and a uniform place uh, and platform that faculty yeah. could go and utilize. So you didn't have to relearn something every time you had to go do right. comply right. with our requests. Right. Yes, I, I certainly understand it. I mean, I only teach one course a semester, so I do forget yeah. quite a lot between that. But but it, it, it's coming back more quickly yes. uh, every time now, you know. Yeah. Um, and I will say the one other thing that I as an instructor uh, found very gratifying about the change was that since we are casting such a wide net now, I would in the past have students that I've certainly tried to reach out to that were having trouble with attendance or were having trouble with with achieving in the class. Um, we're just not engaged. Um, maybe some people I hadn't seen for quite a long, you know, ever. Um, that does happen sometimes. And once in a great while, I'd run into the frustration that they weren't one of the ones that we were asking for midterm grades for because they didn't fall into a particular category that had been predefined. Absolutely. And that was another impetus for some of the changes because we continually heard from faculty, uh, you didn't request grades for these students who I really want to yeah. report on, yeah. um, who really could benefit from some type of intervention. Yeah. Um, so our our population approach didn't always catch the, um, the exact right students students in a particular class. And so we had faculty requesting ways to report um, performance on, on other mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. And, and the experience now is, is still, it's similar to the old experience in that 
um, you're not just providing a letter grade. You, you have the option of providing more information. In some cases, you're asked to because, as you said, the federal requirements on attendance and stuff like that. Right, right. So yeah, in addition to the grade, um, instructors can report uh, additional information. So some of that could include, you know, just a drop down about a student performance, some general categories. Um, but when it when an instructor provides a non-passing grade mm -hmm. for a student, then we are required to collect some additional information about that student's attendance uh, in that class. And those have to do with those federal um, yeah. financial aid reporting requirements. And, and I think it's actually, the phrase is actually the last date of student engagement, because I know that the student can still engage in the class without actually showing up for class. For example, if they had been doing homework or if they had contacted you during your office hours as a faculty member. So I know that it, I think, for students who get a non-passing grade, if you're importing it in from Canvas mm -hmm. in that interface, it will take its best guess based on what, what was the last time they turned something in. It example. does. Yeah, yeah, it does some some fancy yeah. calculations behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. To... And, and so the whole point, obviously, is to make it as easy as possible, especially, you know, I'm, I teach a class where there may be 18, there may be 23, 25 students at most. Yeah. If you're teaching a lecture of 300 students... Yeah. Um, you know, any help, any help the system can give you. Right, right. right. And so that would calculate then if the student um, had a, a, a graded assignment as their last date of attendance. Right. Um, but, uh, but also then provides us some other mechanisms to, um, to report engagement, you know, sure. so sometimes engagement is, it looks differently in, in some of our different course formats as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, of course, everything that we're talking about here is, has been communicated to faculty at, at one point or another and regularly because right. um, we just – every semester we will get an alert, um, an email saying, hey, this is coming and, hey, now's the time to do this and, hey – you, you have a, you have a day left to get get this done. Right. Um, so um, there are resources I know um, out there um, on the university help desk website. We'll link to some of those that, that explain step by step what we're talking about. What may not be as obvious to instructors is what's done with this data after they submit it because we're submitting it essentially to the institution. Right. So what is the institution doing? When do students get feedback? What kind of feedback do they get? What sort of interventions are possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think it's important to recognize uh, that on the academic support side, so those that are, those of us who are working one-on-one -on -one with students, um, advisors and, and targeted population retention staff and, and, and whatnot, um, those grades are our lifeline to working and helping with an individual student. Mm -hmm. um, if you can imagine, um, students will come in maybe weeks one through four and, and we can meet with them and say, so how are you doing? How are your classes going? And magically, they are all doing great. <laughs> they are all doing amazing. Right, right. Um, and we certainly hope it, and want that. Um, but oftentimes, some those early alert reports will come in and provide us on the support side um, a snapshot of how that student is performing. Mm -hmm. It's not only, though, how that student is performing in the individual class that you're teaching, Jim, sure. but it's how they're doing in all of their classes. Um, and that helps um, greatly in identifying those students who really need um, a touch point and some support and to help redirect perhaps to some services or change some behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, 
I also find that it's it's very important for the individual student to have that report. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in working with students over, you know, just the few years that I have, and I'm being sarcastic there right. on yeah, the I radio. Know, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, this is not your first rodeo. <laughs> right. Um, you know, students uh, always, like most of us, they're very optimistic and they assume the best. Mm-hmm. And while they may earn a grade in a class on a first assessment that isn't what they would expect or typically earn, mm-hmm. um, they know that they can do better. And they can, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the student's mind, they are projecting that, well, that grade's temporary and I really have, I'm going to get this, right? right? Yeah. Um, and when that pattern happens in multiple classes, it's important that the students see that snapshot of, well, I'm here at this particular point mm-hmm. today, which mm-hmm. isn't where I'm used to being. So now I need to change behaviors and now I need to um, get some supports in order to help me get to where I really want to be or mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. where I know I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of it's a little bit of a reality check oftentimes um, oh, sure, to yeah. our students um, to get that snapshot of how they're doing at a particular point in time in all of their classes and to see, gosh, you know, this isn't reflective of who I am as a student mm-hmm. um, and to start them thinking about what do I need to change uh, in order to have more success. Sure, sure. That makes that makes perfect sense. I think that there, I think it's kind of a continuum of different uh, attitudes that students bring uh, or habits mm-hmm. that they bring to this because a lot of students, you know, we're finding more and more have not had as much experience learning how to learn before they come to campus. And Maybe they learn to to learn in a certain way, and you could argue if it's even learning or not, but, you know, they they navigated, for example, incoming freshmen, they navigated high school in a certain way, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they find out that doesn't fly. And then I think also to to speak to a variation of what you talked about, they don't engage with the content. They don't do the first couple assignments because there are plenty of points left in the semester, right? Right. And they don't realize that, yeah, there are points and it's a grade, but the learning has to begin at ground, you know, at mm-hmm. step one. Well, and we really want them to build that solid foundation um, from the start of the yeah. semester. Um, and it, and changing those behaviors, those academic behaviors early on in the semester, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's, it's a it's a, a lot easier if you have a right. solid foundation than to try and um, right. come back from behind. So, so so for the students, what what do they get? Do they get an alert saying, "Hey, your your uh, early alert grades are available to view"? Do they get a phone call from someone? What's the what's the what's the spectrum? that yeah. we operate on here. Th- there, there's a wide spectrum. So um, all students are notified um, that the grades are available uh, and they would go to their My Illinois State mm-hmm. um, to view their grades. Uh, on the administrative side, advisors receive um, regular reports. They can um, query regular reports through our Cognos system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at how students who are assigned to them are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and individual advisors then make outreach uh, to their students based upon those grades, um, saying, hey, you know, yeah. have you thought about yeah. um, support in this particular class? Or can we come in and chat? Or um, have you talked to your instructor um, mm-hmm. about this? Those types of things. Um, and then 
collectively, um, we run some data uh, on the students that, on all of their grades, and identify students who have um, GPAs that look to be maybe closer to academic probation mm-hmm. versus good standing, uh, and do targeted follow-up and intervention um, with those students. That includes um, email campaigns, mm-hmm. um, targeted phone calls from staff, mm-hmm. um, support uh, measures where we put, you know, we have a, a club success model where we have students that meet weekly um, right. who have um, early alert grades that um, they they hope to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet weekly with those students just mm-hmm. to provide them that constant ongoing support and encouragement um, of trying to, to mm-hmm. improve those and trying new strategies right. um, to, to improve make some progress. Right. And uh, and I think this is one that Claire and I had talked about all those years ago when we did a, an episode on this topic. But there is a little bit of pushback, I think, I hear from the faculty members I work with, the instructors. And I think I was probably one of them. Once in a while, I'm like, oh, I haven't really done enough assessments yet to right. really give them a solid grade. So I think it's important to remember that we're talking about importing from the grade book in Canvas, which which implies that you've actually graded something, right? Yeah. However, you can go in and just give them a grade, um, uh, just a here's here's where I think you've been so far. And I think the other important thing is that there are certain avenues that, avenues that you've you've uh, illustrated here that University College does, but that doesn't mean that the instructor you can't have your own midterm or early alert conversation with your students as well. Absolutely. And we we encourage that. So yeah. um, we certainly do identify students who, who have um, early alert or progress report grades that could benefit. And one of the main th- strategies we encourage them to do is to, to talk with your instructor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll talk with students about how to have that conversation because right. that, that can be a little scary for a first-year student. Yeah. But I'd say um, broadly, though, it's not uncommon for a faculty member to feel as if they don't have enough material Mm -hmm. to report a meaningful grade. Mm -hmm. Um, Or to see that, gosh, if we waited just one more week, I'd have this additional assessment. Mm -hmm. And that that feedback would be so much more valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I... point back to the fact that on the academic support side, yeah. um, I that student is, in front of me is telling me how wonderful they're doing. Right, right, yeah. And that I have nothing else to go on. Yeah. And in the student's mind, they're doing just fine. Right. So, so any feedback that an yeah. instructor can provide to an academic support personnel person um, is really going to to make a world of difference. And we're not only looking mm-hmm. at, I mean, advisors and, and staff know these are temporary, these are um, fixable situations. Sure. They can improve and they can, um, you know, do worse. We we get that. We've been um, around academics mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we certainly recognize that, um, that it's a point in time snapshot and, then, and it is our our lifeline to providing the realistic um, student support that we need to provide. Right, and and so if I understand what you're saying, it is the uh, the timeliness factor, which we may not appreciate as much as an instructor, actually has a lot more benefit than we might think, uh, as opposed to the quantity of assessment data that we can provide. Right, we want to put it in those sort of terms. Um, so we're we're talking about early alert grades which um, we're in, we're recording this in week six of the spring semester of uh, 2024. 
Uh, they start being collected next week, I think we, we had talked mm-hmm. about. And then a few weeks after that, or you know, several weeks, I don't know how you want to characterize it, somewhere around week 10 or 12 or something like mm-hmm. that are the progress reports. What's the difference between the two? Or is there as much of a difference nowadays? Right. So the early alert um, collection is designed to give us just that that early pulse check for a student. Um, the progress report campaign is... Um, specifically timed with the university withdrawal date. So our currently current university uh, withdrawal date, date to drop an individual class mm-hmm. or to withdraw completely from the university is at the end of week 12. Okay. So we time that progress report collection um, to be collected during week 11 of the semester. Um, and so by the start of week 12, that student has, again, another snapshot of right. how they're doing and then can go about gathering information to make a decision as to is a withdrawal um, mm-hmm. a good option for me. So mm-hmm. so that gives the student some some a few business days to have right. some of those important conversations. You know, they need to have conversations with their advisor of how will dropping this class um, impact my time to degree. You know, there are some programs where if you drop a class, you've just added a whole year right. um, yeah. to your to your time to degree and that's yeah. significant. Um, it has impacts on withdrawals have impact on financial aid. There's only yes. so much withdrawing that you can do um, mm-hmm. before that has an impact on your financial aid. So so that's another lens that, that students need to inquire. And they, of course, need to assess how they're doing individually and what their chances are for improvement in a particular class. And so that sometimes involves conversations with the instructor, looking at their grade book, um, mm-hmm. and, and assessing their, their performance and how well they, they feel they can do from this point forward. Right, right. I... I would just, I think, broadly say that administering this process Mm -hmm. um, and seeing the amount of care and compassion that our faculty have for students is so heartwarming Mm. um, because our faculty really do want to provide very accurate information. Mm-hmm. Very, they're very um, concerned about their student success and want uh, their students to master the content of their class. Right. And 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 I see that firsthand mm-hmm. um, through administering this process. And you know that is just so rewarding to mm-hmm. see how much care and how much compassion is out there for students and and their success. And so I really want to just compliment yeah. our faculty for those efforts because, you know, sometimes there's a perception that it may be a little bit different, but I think on a whole, yeah. um, we, we are doing a fabulous job. No, that's wonderful to hear. And without putting you on the spot for exact numbers, my recollection is that when this was kind of piloted in the fall, mm-hmm. we had a pretty good response. Yeah, we collect um, upwards to 90% of yeah. um, those early alert grades yeah. uh, and progress report grades. So we have an excellent response rate. Um, we have seen some improvements mm-hmm. uh, in just this first semester of since collecting uh, grades for all students. We've seen some notable differences in student success. That's great. Um, so the first one that I would point out is our freshman uh, fall to spring retention rate um, was higher uh, mm-hmm. than it's been uh, in recent years. Um, mm-hmm. So we're we're that sets us up in a in a good position to have a solid. Um, fall to fall retention rate for our first year students. Yeah. So, so that is a, is a marked improvement. Um, we also saw 
uh, on the academic probation and dismissal side, um, very low numbers of students at the end of the fall term who were academically dismissed and students who went on um, first-time probation. Um, That's great. So um, actually our academic dismissal numbers were the lowest on record uh, and our really? records go back to 1998. Okay. So we're very, very, we were very pleased with those measures. Great. Well, I think that's a great high note to leave it on. Amy, thank you so much. Great. Thank you, Jim. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Let's Talk Teaching. You can find out more about early alert grades and the grade collection process and, you know, how to speak with your students and to give them other types of mid-semester feedback. Go to our website. It's prodev.illinoisstate.edu. For Amy Rosser, for all of my colleagues here at the center, until we talk again, happy teaching.